Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the WPTF Weekend Gardener. We are in the Expo Center at the State Fairgrounds right behind, right beside the uh, Graham Building for the 2023 Pet Expo. And uh, this, you know, this building during the State Fair doesn't look this big, but this is a pretty big building. I don't know how it compares in size to... The Graham Building, but uh, it it's, uh, certainly holds a lot of stuff. And today there will be pets. Pets are welcome, by the way, and uh, or at least well, wh whatever you think. I don't know if, if uh, the the cats will enjoy it, but uh, you certainly bring the dogs. I don't know. There's certainly a lot of controversy among the the cats and dogs. So and maybe the dogs and the dogs, but it's all in fun. Come join us. We're we're at the very back of the Expo Center, near where it looks like there's going to be a um, I don't know if that's a track or or what uh, obstacle course or something like that for dogs. I'm not getting on that, Mike. You're not you're not getting on the I obstacle not, course. I'm not going to try that. Well, I don't think we're going to make you run the run the course at least with the dogs. Might trip. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Speaking of this building. Oh, this is Rufus uh, Edmonston, by the way, yeah. if the voice sounds familiar. One of my clients years ago designed this building. And so I, I sort of love it when I come in here because I see some of the times that I walk through here with uh, our agriculture commissioner. and Yeah. it's and, you know I don't know how it compares in size with the grand building. It's, it's pretty, pretty big, though. I was, I'm surprised. Very versatile. Yeah, usually I, I walk through and look at the vegetables, and uh, they have some animals here, cows and things that are on display, and a few other things. And I, I walk out the door. I don't always walk all the way back here. But looking from the back, we're at the very back, and, and looking from the back to the front, it's uh, quite expansive. Phil Campbell, owner of Campbell Road Nursery, was nice enough to come out, too. Thank Good you, morning. Phil. You all right? Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. feel like I'm on TV because of the big spotlight, but we're doing great. <laughs> Where's you know? What spotlight? That one over there. Oh, oh okay. I was going to move it, but I actually think it's a, it's probably a counter or a, a I don't know to, to do the races or something. My mama told me not to touch anything, so yeah, I'm, I know. I'm not going to do that. If it's not mine, don't touch it. Paul them. McKenzie is with us, too. Paul, good morning, buddy. Good morning. Great to be here. Paul is an extension agent in Vance and also Warren counties. And Craig LaHoulier is back with us. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, tomatoes for uh, the, the 8 o'clock hour. Uh, Craig, thank you very much for joining us again. I'm sitting here looking at your book, Epic Tomatoes. <laughs> Got a copy right well, here. Well, th thank you so much for, for the invitation to join. Um, I love doing this. And, uh, Hope it's a beautiful day there. It certainly is here. Yeah, we, we have sunshine. I think it's going to warm up some, and uh, I assume it's cooler in Hendersonville and the beautiful <laughs> mountains. We woke up to 58 degrees, which is... Uh, oh, perfect. don't tell Rufus that. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> and we're, we're going to go uh, take a little trip down the parkway to check out Burnsville today. So it's, uh, I'm, 
I need a I need an out of the garden day. And the well, you know our our uh, master gardener, uh, one of our master gardeners, uh, uh, she was in Durham and and now she lives near Burnsville up in Mitchell County, and she, uh, Andrea Lane, uh, I, uh-huh. she uh, she's a great. She was on with us last week, as a matter of fact. She she's uh, at well over three thousand feet where wow. she lives. So. And Craig, yeah, you we're, just we're, hang- at, we're at twenty five hundred, and when we moved in three and a half years ago, I like to can a lot of things, and uh, I forgot to um, realize that boiling point of water, uh, things change when you're at twenty five hundred mm. feet. So we did some minor adjustments. So oh, we wow, could I didn't think about things like that. Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Craig, um, yeah. you just hang out in Burnsville. This is Phil. Uh, hang out in Burnsville because we're going to go up uh, tomorrow to Little Switzerland. Wow. So oh, we'll be really close to Burnsville. Yep. Yeah, we're we're thinking we might check that out while we're in the area. We um we actually went there years ago with our daughters, and it was so fogged in we couldn't see our hand in front of our face. So you got to be careful with the weather out in these places. Oh, right. definitely, definitely. It's the, a gorgeous <laughs> place. On the watch yes. where you step. So, <laughs> so uh, how's your uh, how's your tomato crop? Well, we are exactly one week into the harvest, and uh, because we had a cooler spring, everything got planted about a week and a half later. So, tomatoes that I grew that used to be seventy five, eighty days in Raleigh in my driveway on the concrete are eighty five, ninety day tomatoes here. So things are the cool weather brings things in a little bit more slowly, but if I go out and harvest today, we're going to have to can probably 14 quarts, so, uh, you know, I wish a lot of the listeners were near me, because uh, we, we have an overabundance of tomatoes that the fruit flies are going to find very soon. Oh, wow. How about that? Well, that's a nice situation to be in. A lot of people would like to be in that situation, although I haven't heard as many about as many problems this year with tomatoes as I did last year for some reason. Uh, I'm sure it has to do with the weather somehow. Weather really impacts it. And, uh, you know, we found one thing about that's been different the last few years out here. It doesn't rain a ton over the summer, but when it rains, man, it pours. And uh, we we ended up with three inches of water in our garage the other day just from a a three-hour downburst thunderstorm with 45 minutes of hail. So, uh, Good gracious. Pull up a seat because the weather is getting pretty exciting out here. In yeah. Well, there's plenty of runoff in, in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. It's coming from everywhere. We're kind of at the bottom of a hill from uh, oh. Route 64. Route 64 is at the end of our street, and so it's all downhill from there. And I think oh, wow. You see Good old 64. That, uh, yeah. that, what, a, what a wonderful road that is. It's kind of like Route 66. You know, we're midway between Brevard and downtown Hendersonville, so it's a really it's a really nice place to to be, and it's not as busy a road as you would think until it's fall when <laughs> when all of the leaf peepers come out. Now you have a project that's going on too that you're something you're working on. Tell us about that. Yeah, well, we're we've been breeding these dwarf tomatoes for about eighteen years now, and I guess this is a breaking news item that. My, my publisher, Story Publishing, um, contacted me a few weeks ago, and they've decided it's time for me to write book number three, which will be uh, the book focusing on shorter tomatoes that we developed. So that's going to that's gonna keep me busy this fall into next winter, sitting at my laptop and, 
in trying to get that third book done. But, you know, it's much easier for me to do something like this when I've signed a contract and have a deadline. Because without a deadline, it takes me forever to get stuff done. Deadlines are good. I have, have <laughs> several a day myself. So it, yeah. uh, but, but, no, things are great. We're also planning for two tomato tastings locally. One at a farmer's market just down the road, and the other that will be the Veterans Healing Farm uh, organization that I'm working with. We're going to do, um, I've got 115 plants growing in their greenhouse, and we're going to just have a big old tasting. Uh, we're going to call it Tomato Palooza WNC. So we're, we're taking the name of the festival we used to do in Raleigh, and we're just moving it west four hours. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Well, Craig, I've been real excited thinking about the possibility that Mr. Tomato could possibly name a uh, a, a tomato after Brother Rufus. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm, I've got that pondering. I've got your address, and we've, I've got seeds to send, and I've got some um, crossbreeding to do. So uh may take a few years. So, you know, you you got to um, just well, be I'm, healthy yeah, and I'm happy. Well, set aside but... a couple more years. <laughs> 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 well, set aside more yeah. than that, if yeah. you don't yeah. mind. Yeah, healthy, yeah, happy, be... and patient is the key. And uh, what I can do is, as we're doing a work in progress, I can... Uh, get you seeds or even maybe ship you some plants so you can see how they're coming along. So we'll be in touch. Right. Great. Great. Uh, that's uh, I've, 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 what an I've, honor. I have described the uh, Rufus tomato of our, our friend uh, Gerald. Yeah. And uh, I have mixed feelings about it, Craig. It, it is about the size of a tennis ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it turns uh, a pinkish, not not dark red, pinkish. I've learned when it's getting ripe, and you cut it open, and it has a green and pink inside. Now, so does that not look good on the bread, or what, well, what is it, your uh, problem of, with it? It's sort of strange, but then it has a great flavor. Oh, okay. But, well, that's but all. Important. But also, it it has what I call no shelf life. If you uh-huh. go to pick one, uh-huh. we all go and we put it on the. The kitchen counter in a bag or something like that. Well, this tomato turns mushy almost in a half a day. So oh, we got to do some work on that on that Rufus tomato. Well, you know, Before I'm you... just thinking Rufus, Rufus is often an adjective to describe something that's kind of a dark, rusty red color. So I'm already thinking that your tomato is going to have to be a nice, deep, rich. Oh, I uh, love it. Yeah. And, and spell backwards, it's suffer. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, in Latin, Rufus means red, as you know, Craig. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So I'll Rufus the red. My plan. Yes, absolutely. Good. And it, and it will not cause people to suffer. It will make people smile. We'll, we'll just reverse that <laughs> idea true. altogether. It'll have a kick to it, Rufus. <laughs> and, I, and I must also point out for people that, for years that have called me such a rascal, that there is a, a mention of Rufus in the Bible. Rufus was one of the cross bearers. Yeah. And he still oh. is. <laughs> yeah, that's, what my, that's what my wife says. She says, why do you keep picking up stray dogs everywhere you go? <laughs> Meaning human beings. Yeah. That's oh, my right. gosh. Well, Craig, Paul McKenzie here. I got a question for you. Um, you know, yeah. Rufus mentioned that uh, his, his, his tomato is a tennis ball size. And I was reading an article by one of my colleagues, Charlotte Glenn. Um, and oh. it, it was saying that. You know, everybody wants that big slicing tomato that, you know, one slice yeah. fills the piece of bread. Um, 
but the article she wrote said that those those smaller tomatoes often have equally good flavor um, and are a little bit easier to grow. Is that your experience as well? Well, yeah. So I've grown uh, somewhere around seven thousand. Have I grown seven thousand? No, I have seven thousand varieties of seeds. So I've grown about maybe forty five hundred, and I've decided that tomatoes are like people, and each one has its own unique personality. Mm-hmm. So. There are there are small ones, medium ones, big ones that that are the flavorful ones, and there are small ones, medium ones, and big ones that I wouldn't allow in my garden if they if they paid the price of admission. So it's just all about um, giving them a try. And what makes it complicated is a tomato variety will react to where you grow it, the weather that year, and how you grow it. So it becomes a little bit of a a Rubik's Cube that's really fun to play with because that means you get to grow lots of different things. And, uh, you know, my favorite tomato the last two years has been Captain Lucky, which is a one-pound. It looks purple and green on the outside, and it's bright green on the inside, and it's blown away the competition for two years running. So it's, uh, you know, it, and I Is that for a looks, style, personality, or taste? <laughs> Well, I always rank my tomatoes on taste because it's all about if you're going to grow tomatoes, you're going to eat tomatoes, except for those people that I've met over the years that they can't stand the taste of a ripe, of a, of a raw tomato, uh, but they love to make them into sauces and things. So, you know, I, I can't comment on how people use their tomatoes, but for me, it is all about that bite and what it does to your palate and it, whether it makes you go back for more or lean under the table to spit it onto the ground. That's a, that's a big parameter. What, uh, what, I don't know, I'm, surely we've asked you before, what, what type of bread and... and uh, <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> bread, oh, you might as well jump into this. We all have our opinions. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I put an Instagram post on the other day that showed the ideal sandwich for me, and it was... Um, it was multi-grain bread that's made locally at the Underground Bakery mm, with a slab go. of that Captain Lucky and really sharp uh, cheddar cheese with butter slathered on the bread, just cooked in a cast iron pan till it's crispy on the outside, the cheese melts, and it's grilled tomato and cheese is my number one. And we're an unusual household. We're a, we're a no-mayo zone, so I know I create lots of, uh, lots of conflict with that. <laughs> we don't. We don't hey. see the mayo. No, I, now, I'm, Nelsa I'm, would love it because yeah. she hates she hates mayo. And Nelsa Cox, uh, one of our uh, sponsors yeah. and, and panelists, and I, you know, this that's probably not that unusual, really. To, uh, to I'm like I'm it. in. I'll be there for lunch, man. Yeah, I mean that that uh, there is uh, a restaurant here in the area, and they're bread bakers, uh, La Farm, and oh, they have well, a uh, their grilled cheese has a tomato on it, mm. and it's really yeah. good. That. Mm-hmm. And some tomato soup, tomato bisque, really yeah. good. So, you know, so when we moved here, there were actually two restaurants that we dearly missed. Sassoul for the, the Middle Eastern food and the oh, great yeah. pita yeah. and Majadra and La Femme. And yeah. we've worked hard to find replacements for them here. And we've, we've kind of struck gold with our bread, but we still haven't. Uh, we still haven't made it, although we we got our first Indian restaurant in downtown Hendersonville a few months ago, and it's really, really, really good, and That's you can't nice. get in because there was such a hunger for it. There's crowds there every night. Uh, you know, you mentioned Charlotte Glen. I've got an interesting story. When I first started selling tomato plants at the farmer's market, her husband, Alistair, 
first started selling perennials. And so Shawin and I and Alistair and I have been friends for years. I did a few talks for them for the extension over Zoom. And I still have plants that Alistair gave me, uh, some perennial flocks that are flourishing in my garden here in Hendersonville that we've had for almost 30 years. So uh, I'm very fond of Charlotte, and uh, it was nice to hear you mention her name. Uh, She's a tremendous resource for Cooperative Extension and the Master Gardener Volunteer Program across the state. She's actually the state state coordinator, as you well know. And the the resources that she provides, the support she provides to uh, horticulture agents across the state is, is just phenomenal. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. All right. We need to take a, a, a short break. Craig LaHoulier is with us from Hendersonville. Uh, our uh, tomato guru, Epic Tomatoes, is uh, a book probably uh, most famous for and uh, his work uh, all of these years with heirloom tomatoes. Brother Rufus is here, Phil Campbell of Campbell Road Nursery, and also uh, Paul McKenzie, who has uh, been on the show the longest except for me. And Ann, wow. wow, I think, yeah, wow. Uh, Pam Beck, Pam Beck, I guess technically has been because she, she used to come in with Ann to fill in when Irv Evans was said. But uh, you're right up there. It's just hard to get rid of me. I I don't want to do that. I mean, you know, I I, I want I want all just of keep you showing up. I'm, yep. Yeah, I mean, you know, we got. If we want to keep the show going, y'all have to keep the mouth back. say, get shit out of him. Yeah, get shit out of him. Well, I, we say that in Nash County, too. Uh, more of the Weekend Gardener coming up. We're at the, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Pet Expo. And uh, this is sponsored by Curtis Media Group. And, uh, gosh, every vendor in the world dealing with pets is here. And there's something, I mean, there are things to do. Uh, you can bring your pets. It opens up at 10 o'clock today. And uh, it's also... Uh, open tomorrow from 10 until 5, uh, both days. So we're at the State Fairground in the Exposition Building, the Expo Building, beside the Graham Building with uh, WPTF Weekend Gardener. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Okay, we're back at, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, Pet Expo at the State Fairgrounds in Raleigh, 919-860-9783. Let's uh, head to Winston-Salem and Roger. Roger uh, has sent us some photos of some some interesting shaped tomatoes. Uh, Roger, good morning. You're on with uh, a bunch of people, including including Craig LaHoulier. Good morning. I'm smiling at you, but I'm frowning at my tomatoes. Uh, well, you know they 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 are odd shaped, but uh, I don't I don't see a lot of disease. Uh, I don't know if I can. Uh, maybe Is I, Craig? Can Craig see yeah. those pictures? I, I'll uh, I'll see if I can it figure out like, how to send this. Is that what we yeah, would call the, cat facing? Yeah, earth defects. I don't know. I, I've I've seen the pictures, and you definitely have one tomato that's. Uh, multi-lobed, and a lot of the older beefsteak types have very complex flowers that uh, they're almost double-fruited. Um, but if you turn it over, it, it, that's cat-facing, which is kind of malformed blossoms. It may have set fruit during cooler temperatures, but usually only a couple of tomatoes on a given plant will show that early in the season. 
and it, and it should go away. It's not a genetic thing. It is just really based on conditions. And um, hmm. a lot of the older beefsteaks, your Brandywines, German Johnsons, just show that yeah, cap facing. It was in the beef line. Uh, yeah, yeah. And yep. The vine came out beautiful now. A week before I planted, we had severely cold weather. It way yes. down. While the, yep. while the plants were still in the nursery, or still yep. they were probably exposed, but uh, and I didn't buy them until after that cold hit. Yep. So do you think cold contributed to that? It probably contributed, and when I see, I've, so I've got 70 tomato plants, and I have tomatoes that look like that out of most of them for the first fruits, and uh, I carve them kind of like a turkey. I eat the good bits or make stuff <laughs> out of them. And they're, they're really good for seed saving because there's nothing genetically wrong with tomatoes mm. that cat face. It's yeah. totally due to conditions. So mm. if you save seeds for them and you grow them next year, you'd have um, just what you hope for. Um, and with better, weather, with better weather, you wouldn't see that. So, um, well, yeah, when I looked at that picture, I'm like, my yeah, that's man. familiar. <laughs> my Greg, the problem is when you man. carve them like a turkey, who gets the wishbone? <laughs> 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 I don't know. Where I buy my peaches and apples, uh, I talked to the orchard master, and he said, that's from cold weather. So he identified immediately that cold weather caused that, he felt. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think you'll be fine. They'll be, they'll be delicious if ugly, and that, in a way, defines a lot of the heirloom tomatoes, the ugly tomato. But, um, but boy, they're I'll, beautiful to eat. <laughs> I live in a retirement yeah. community, and I grow tomatoes for the people who live in the big house. Oh yeah, wow! In the big house, yeah, that's that's where the uh, uh, health healthcare people are. And people that's where they used to call Alcatraz. Uh, well, yeah, huh? <laughs> that's where I send a lot of people to jail. <laughs> when I was attorney general, I said, <laughs> "You don't want to fool with me. You might you might have to go to the big house." <laughs> they like tomatoes too. Well, that's good. Oh, I'm absolutely. glad. I, you're, it's very nice of you to to uh, grow them. But yeah. I pick a box of tomatoes. I, I probably put seven boxes of tomatoes. Over by the mailboxes, so they can get their tomatoes. And wow. a big, a big percent are tomatoes. They look just like what I sent you. Yep. Yep. Well, as long as okay. they taste I, good, Roger. They they taste wonderful. Nobody complained about the taste. Now, how do you like your tomato sandwiches? So. Oh. I'm a mayo man. Yeah. <laughs> do you like Dukes? Well, my wife likes JFG. I mean, I put a different, I put a different mayo on there, and she can recognize the difference. I can't recognize the difference. Yeah, some are tangier than than others. Uh, Duke's nice and tangy. I, I like Duke's. We, we do chicken salad, and we put our own pickle, and uh, our own cucumber pickles, and a JFD mayonnaise. And if we don't have JFD mayonnaise, she won't make it. Oh wow! Nah. Okay. Well, you know, Roger JFG mayonnaise goes away back in my memory. Yeah, to A and P store. Absolutely. Right. Where Where in the world do y'all get it? We get it at, at Food Lion. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never seen it. Yeah, that that brings back great memories. Yeah. Well, I'll see JFG, if I can... JFG coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I when price went up on mayo and I sneaked the Food Lion brand in, she knew it immediately. <laughs> Wow. Ah. <laughs> so, uh, do you have a fall crop coming of, re- of tomatoes? I'm getting, to, I'm getting ready to stick them in the ground now. And they're the, right. they are the original plants that were out this summer. I went by the nursery, and they gave me all I wanted. 
they're they're tall and lanky, but I'm going to give them a try. So what uh, yeah. what what uh, varieties are they? Well, this was a, the ones that I think were the worst were probably the beef, uh, it, not beef master, but one along that line. It's a new new one I had not seen before. Uh-huh. But, but I like I like the uh, I used to do celebrity all the time, but I didn't like that green yeah. core in them so badly. Um, but uh, uh, Craig, any advice for Roger? Um, you know, tomato plants are so resilient. I would say plant them as deep as you can, even trench them so just bury as much as the stem as you can maybe leave only four to six inches of them sticking up above the soil and everything along the stem will will throw roots and those plants will just take off like a skyrocket so uh, you'll be fine with uh, with leggy plants as long as you get them covered yeah. get that stem covered with soil this, yeah. this section of my garden this year the plant grew quickly beautifully i could not have asked for a more beautiful plant so mm. Mm. Well, I am so glad that you shared that with us, Roger, and uh, we appreciate you listening there in Winston-Salem. It's a beautiful area. So uh, please call us again. Next time I'll send you a tomato. Bless your heart. (laughs) We'd appreciate it. We'd we'd bust it open right there on the air, I think. That's great. (laughs) It'll go five away. Just give me some warning and we'll bring some bread and mayonnaise. Okay. (laughs) JFG. JFG. I'll find you some, Rufus. Well, I'm an old wolf packer, but I still tune in to uh, my Alexa and pick up you guys. Oh, thank you so much. <coughs> take you take much. care, Roger. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Craig, yeah. I, I have found that a lot of people are coming back to what I would call some of the, the old brands now. Better Boy, Big, uh, Better Girl. Uh, do, you, do you find that happening? Well, they're going to become harder to find because they're actually hybrids that were released in the late 60s, early 70s. And as tomatoes become improved by seed companies and the older varieties become less profitable for them to sell for seed, they will probably disappear. And once they go, no one will be able to grow them again because being hybrids, they keep the parent secret. So oh, boy. Yeah. Now. So tomatoes like Big Boy, which was released by Burpee in 1949, um, they're, they're probably on life support. I think a lot of companies are, are developing tomatoes with disease resistances that um, are needed more for gardening today. The yeah. diseases have evolved over time in terms of what really, you know, what really goes at tomatoes. And, uh, yeah, so I would say if you like those older varieties, buy lots of seeds, stick them in the freezer, and they'll be good for 25, 30 years if you freeze them, the seeds. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. about that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's uh, take a call from Herb. He's down in uh, Jamesville near the coast, uh, upper coast of North Carolina. How you doing this morning, Brother Herb? I am doing wonderful. Good morning, Mike Rufus. Phil, Paul, and Craig. I hope everyone's well. Good morning. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, Mike, I'm going to be as quick as I can because I know others want to get on. Uh, I want to stay on topic. Um, A couple weeks ago, uh, you had mentioned to Rufus about uh, picking a new dog. And I'm not sure you gave it much thought or have it. Experience, but you recommended a Jack Russell. <laughs> you know, I, I have a fondness for Jack Russells. I've never owned one, but I used to 
do remotes at the Lions Club Horse Show here on the state fairgrounds. And they're all Jack Russell Terriers, apparently, are companions for horses quite often. And all of them limp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just, I just have this... Um, this attachment to Jack Russell Terriers, they are they are active and they probably like voles, or they probably can okay. seek them out. Okay, yeah. Mike, here's the yeah. Um, I am a well. I have been taking rescue dogs for years, and my last uh, dog was, uh, excuse me, is uh, a Jack Russell. Oh. She's been with me for 10 years. She's 13 now. And so here's some advice for uh, uh, Rufus with respect to dogs and anybody else before I talk about tomatoes. Uh, when, I go, when I would go into the shelter, I would walk up and down the aisle, and I would say, sit, sit, sit. <laughs> and I would always pick the ones that would because I know they had been well trained. Right. And ah, great idea. The, the, the other thing <clears throat> is, uh, my dog was, of course, a race trained. She had a name, and her name is Cora. And so when you are trying to get the dog to obey you, come to you, uh, I would say, uh, if she was being bad, I would say, in good Southern tradition, I would say, not Cora, but Cora Lee, you come here. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always get her. And the other thing the research has found is, true story, that if you want to get your dog to come to you and obey you better than anything else, rather than call her name or his name, say, treat, treat, and they will oh, yeah. come flying to you. Uh, real quickly, but now to serious stuff. Um, you have. Oh, oh, that was very serious, her. That's right. That's good <laughs> advice. <laughs> you have uh, on the tomato king at least one of them for sure. And two things about that you may you may not remember, but when I got back from Europe, I was telling you about the great purple tomato thing that was going on, and right now. Uh, the USDA has actually approved approved that uh, purple tomato. So if you live in certain areas, there'll be a test run. You'll be able to get that purple tomato. I'm not sure it'll be as good as Cherokee purple. But anyway, they have approved it, so be on the lookout. And finally, Rufus, you talk about your mushy Rufus tomato. Yes. Uh, well, uh, tomatoes... Uh, Craig can probably go along with this or disagree. Tomatoes are somewhat like uh, bananas in that bananas give off ethylene gas, and so yep. that causes things to ripen a little faster. So the solution for bananas, if you that, uh, if you want to, you can tape up the stems to stop the ethylene gas from going all over everything. And the other thing with tomatoes, same thing. But rather than uh, have your tomatoes sitting up on the table or whatever, if you, you could take off the stem, or if you take off the stem and turn the tomato upside down, flat on the surface, that will hinder the evaporation release 
of the gas that causes them to ripen faster. Well, what about putting one in the fridge? I've got both you and Craig there. Is that is that bad news when, when they start getting too ripe? Um, well, personally, I am an anti-fridgeite when it comes to tomatoes. Yeah. I've, uh, I just find it slightly changes the flavor and the texture. So when I have tomatoes getting overripe, I just cut them up and put them in the oven with some olive oil and onions and peppers and put them on a slow roast for about two or three hours and make myself some sauce. So we always have a, we always have a way to use them, but um, right. they, will, they will go fast. Uh, and the ethylene gas thing is absolutely true. They, you know, that's how you ripen your last pick green tomatoes. You can put them in a bag with a banana or an apple, and the ethylene from the fruit will, will ripen up your tomatoes. So a lot of interesting stuff there. Okay, Mike, everybody have a great weekend, and I hear the boat going by. So uh, uh, Herb, uh, I mean, Herb, one more question. I, 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 wanted, I have Jasper on my mind. We, we want to adopt a dog, of course, and everybody wants these cute little puppies. Nobody wants the grown dogs. And what I look for when I'm in, in a dog, I don't care what they look like otherwise, whether their ears are long or short. It's the disposition in their eyes. I think I can tell it. Yeah. Do you have any advice about picking a, a mature dog out of a out of a pound or the SPCA? Well, I think that all the ones I have uh, had a chance to adopt, uh, it, it's like you say, you can actually see them uh, when you walk by them in addition to commands and all that. And, I mean, you can just see them. Look, I look at the tail. Wagon, you know, usually going to be pretty friendly around people, and some dogs do have issues because of the uh, background that they've been in. Right. But you usually can tell, and uh, you, you just have to use your intuition. It's kind of right. like when you, your wife, uh, Rufus, you knew that this was the one. Right. There'll be a connection. <clears throat> Herb, thank you very much, my friend. Have a great day. You too. You too. All right, uh, Craig LaHoulier is going to be on with us just a few more minutes. And uh, we're at the Pet Expo at the Exposition Center beside the Grand Building at the State Fairgrounds. And uh, I've already seen my first dog. Yeah, <laughs> Dogs are going to be out here all over the place. So, so. But it's Pet Expo, so it's for a lot of different pets. But I'm sure we'll, we'll see a lot of dogs here today at uh, the, the, uh, just beside the Grand, Grand Building, the Expo Center. The WPTF Weekend Gardener, more coming up here on WPTF. It's 8.52. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF for a few minutes here. Gosh, the first hour is going very quickly here at the Pet Expo. <laughs> and uh, Craig LaHoulier, uh, you're, you're, you're the reason. So you are involved in a lot of, a lot of things, a lot of projects. Uh, of course, you're working on a new book. But uh, what, what else do you have going on? You have a website that people can tune into. Yeah, so just craiglahoulier.com gets you to my website, but really the most active thing I'm doing these days is my weekly Instagram Live. So if you join Instagram, you, you follow me at, at NC Tomato Man, all one word, 
I sit in my driveway, um, and I'm never sure if it's going to be a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, if it's going to be an afternoon or an evening. <laughs> I've started doing some at 7 in the evening because the sun is not as glaring, and I can essentially walk people through my jungle and show them what tomatoes look like. So that's, you can look for that. Otherwise, my advice for people is um, look for the bad foliage, get it off the plants, keep them fed and watered, and if you have any questions, just drop me an email, nctomatoman at gmail.com, and I'll give you a hand with your question. Uh, any tomatoes that uh, have really caught your eye, any that you've had lately that were really good that you maybe hadn't tried before? You know, absolutely. And uh, there were two that I grew in the early 90s, uh, Price is Purple and Potato Leaf Yellow. I know these names are going to sound really weird, but so many tomatoes came in in the intervening years, I let the seed uh, essentially go dormant, and it doesn't work anymore. So I, I found them from other gardeners who I had sent them to, and they're back in my garden this year. And what I learned is there were varieties I grew in Pennsylvania. When I lived there, they grew great, and they struggled in Raleigh with the heat and humidity. And now back out in Hendersonville, where it's a little bit more like New England, those varieties are thriving again. So, so it taught me a lesson about the fact you've got to give some of your favorite tomatoes a chance. If they're not doing well a particular year, go back to them, give them another try. And uh, those two, Potato Leaf Yellow and Prices Purple, are now on my top 10, top 20 list. Um, you know, after doing this for 40 years, it, it's funny how a few will just, they're like the cream that rises to the top, and I just go back to them again and again. Cherokee Purple's in my garden every year, for example, and... Uh, it, it's quite a journey, I feel like, I'm on, and I, I, I'm nowhere near the end of it. So uh, I just hope to come on and t- chat tomatoes with you guys um, as many years as you'll have me. Uh, we'll, as long as you'll have us, we'll have you. Uh, you is that list available anywhere? Do you have it published somewhere, your, your oh my list gosh. of favorites? Uh, I'll, blo- I'll be blogging about it. Uh, I haven't done a blog in a while because what I find is when I'm out working in the garden, I just don't have the time or the energy to sit in front of a computer, so my block right. ends up slowing down. But I, yeah. I'll get to that soon. There's a lot to talk about from this summer, and I'll, I'll yep. be catching up soon. Absolutely. So uh, uh, Epic Tomatoes, is uh, he's, uh, Craig is the author of Epic Tomatoes and uh, Growing Vegetables and Straw Bales, and a new book coming out also that uh, you're working on. Uh, do you have a publishing yep. date for that? or? <laughs> Not yet, uh, but I suspect if I start writing it this fall, it will probably right. take a year or two because there's photography and editing and, and all that rigmarole. But I would say a couple of years it will it will show up. Oh, okay, very good. Well, we will we will be in touch, uh, yeah. my friend. And and thank you so much. Uh, anytime you want to be on, just contact me. I will give you a holler because this is so much fun to to kind of speak to my hometown about our own shared tomato problems and you're, Absolutely. you're all great it's uh it's uh, it, really nice to talk to you all you can uh, you can join us as much or as little as you want to and i will certainly be in contact but you contact me too i will thank you thank so much you, thank you craig thank very you. very much always an interesting Bye, show with you. i'll be i'll be at work on that tomato rufus i'll be in touch <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm excited <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> have a great bye. day everyone you too you bye. too bye-bye you're hungry, aren't you? I, Even I, though you've had some pound cake. <clears throat> How was that pound cake? Bill's pound cake. Almost like my mama's. Almost. <laughs>
Jeez. Did you make the pound cake, Phil? No, I didn't. I bet you make a good pound cake. I can make a good pound the best, cake. Uh, one of the best was in Pittsburgh, a lady, lady made, but uh, Jesse Ruth Cuttingham's. If you have a, I don't know which, if they're in several or if they're just in one or of the Weekend Gardener, not the Weekend Gardener, but the uh, Ask Your Neighbor cookbooks, mm-hmm. Jesse Ruth Cuttingham was a teacher in Apex, and uh, she, she was uh, devoted to the Ask Your Neighbor, and she, she had, it's the best. I've made it two or three times. It's, very, it's arduous. <laughs> it takes a lot of work, a lot of eggs. But uh, her pound cake is just wonderful, and no sad streaks. Sad streaks are good, though. You <clears throat> like sad streaks. Huh? I do. Yeah. She I like that. I like that little bit of concentration. Moisture, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. It's concentrated. Well, I'm, I asked my mom one time. I said, "Why do they call it pound cake?" <laughs> she said, "Well, I use about a pound of butter." <laughs> okay, we'll and, be back. And twelve eggs. <laughs> <laughs>